You are listening to The Hats We Wear. I'm Beth Echefano. This is the podcast where guests talk about the hats they're wearing, the joys and struggles they encounter while wearing those hats, and the way they've navigated through and overcome those struggles. My hope is you'll be able to connect with their struggle and realize that you too can overcome. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to The Hats We Wear. Today, I am thrilled to uh, have Karen Deloach join me. She's going to talk about the hats she wears, the joys and the struggles of those hats, and how she's navigated through them. So welcome, Karen. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. <laughs> of course. So tell me what hats you're wearing right now. Well, you know, it's funny because the joke between my husband and I is I only think I can multitask, <laughs> but you know, when you've been a wife and mother and business owner, it's, um, a lot of hats you're wearing all the time. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm at the age where my children are grown. We have an empty nest for the first time and I've been able to focus more on my business, but it still seems because I'm an artist and an art teacher and have have been for decades and was a homeschool mom and worked in the homeschool world for 30 years. Oh, and my children, my children are always saying, remember this mom, remember that? I'm like, no, don't you understand? Those 30 years are a great big blur. <laughs> oh my gosh, for 30 years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, but you know, parented and homeschooled four children, and and you know, you know, for, for a long time, you don't see light at the end of the tunnel, and you just get through each day, and that's, you know, what you're talking to your listeners about. How do you get through each day when it just seems like a never-ending thing? And I kept thinking, you know, sleep will come later. You know, <laughs> I even home uh, when I was homeschooling, I was nursing. We had a child in our forties, so after three boys, we we were finally blessed with a little girl, and that kind of changed our lives lives, all of our lives, you know, back to newborn and nursing. And she nursed for three years so, <laughs> while I was re- doing all of these things. Um, I was raising a new baby and she's just been a joy. So anyway, I say all that because I want to encourage everyone. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, parenting, of course, is a huge thing for us, especially, um, you know, most of the burden, especially at first falls on the women. Any way you cut it, it's, it's, it's mostly us, especially if you're nursing and which I nurse my daughter three years. So that was, that was that. And, you know, doing anything else sometimes felt like such a burden, even, you know, cooking dinner, going shopping. And I remember the days before super Walmart type of stores where you were literally going store to store to store, getting them in and out of car seats and, and just dreaming about being able to have them all in a cart and do all your shopping one stop. Yes. So, Count that as a blessing, or you can order ahead of time, all kinds of options today that help us working moms, as I've always been a working mom. You know, part of it is I love what I do and being an artist and an art teacher, um, when I raised my children finished, then I could go back uh, and teach in college, which took me out of the home more. And uh, I found very quickly, I'm in South Carolina, which is a much more rural state than than your home state of, of New York. Mm-hmm. And I found my students weren't responding well to the textbooks that were prescribed to them, including, you know, because most most art history and appreciation textbooks are written by art history people, majors, even doctorates. And my students are probably never going to take another art class in their life, most of them. Mm. 
-hmm. They've never had one before. They haven't even been to a gallery before, a museum, art museum before. And so I, in 2020, when we went, which sent all of us home, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote a textbook for, for that class specifically geared towards students that I knew wanted, needed to be exposed to the beauty of art and yet, you know, didn't even know where to start. So, um, that, that, that was a love project, a real big, um, project of love and it ended up being 630 pages 1800 images because some of them are never going to read the book but <laughs> maybe they'll at least look at the pictures yeah and, you know that was a huge huge deal I couldn't have done that when I was still raising my family you know in homeschooling I would not have been able to do that task so you know you kind of have sequential tasks in your life as you feel like right now I'm wearing wife mother if you're homeschooling or even I remember the years it felt like I'm really just a chauffeur, you know, taking all these children here and there and everywhere. Um, yeah. And the joke is homeschoolers are never home. You know, they always have classes. We had co-ops. Um, I was always a teacher in the co-op. And, you know, those are all, you know, really everything you do, you do for them, right? I never met a selfish homeschooler, you know, because you're just pouring your life into your children, which every parent does in, in every way that is best for for you and your family. And so becoming an author wasn't on my, wasn't on my radar, you know, in those busy years. And it took, it took a lot of effort. Matter of fact, this year, we just came out with uh, the second edition, which is an ebook and has all these beautiful technical links that connect it to art that couldn't go in the book. Uh, so, it, you know, and the quizzes are right in the book. I love modern right. technology, <laughs> but you know, all of these are other hats we have to wear Yeah, you know? and learning to, to be, um, an online entrepreneur bringing my business uh -huh. online means you got to learn zoom and you've got to, you know, got to have a website and you have to learn how to, how to market and sell. And all of these things are, are all these new things to, and it seems like, okay, marketing was not a hat I ever wore before. Yeah. yeah. I can understand that because I'm going through the same thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, mm -hmm. they didn't have any classes in art school for marketing. No, not even in film school. I went to film school too. In my 50s, went to film school uh, while I was still homeschooling and I was artist in residence in, in Charleston, going to schools all over the place was a wild time. I thought, you know what? I'll sleep after this is over. <laughs> and then when I'm preparing for a, a big show, um, you know, there's a, always a whole bunch of work to do. Um, and I, I would think, you know, I, I, they're asleep. This is when I can work. This is when I can do my stuff. So I don't know if I did it the most healthy way, but. <laughs> so that was going to be my question. What, so you worked out of the home during those years you were homeschooling your kids? Yeah, except, you know, sometimes I taught in schools. Sometimes I taught um, when we did co-ops, you know, uh, but I have a home studio. So I, I worked. Okay the children small groups of children to my studio but when the classes were getting bigger and we we're doing co-ops we would go we'd rent a location usually church church um you know family halls and stuff like that to do courses and trade trade um courses with each other like i had to trade out all the sciences and high school labs and yeah. languages and you know even PE which is a group thing you need a group to do and you know we we cut in that first first wave of homeschoolers and now there's so many options for homeschooling it's fabulous um 
and you know you find out what each child we're we're a very artsy family and my my sons are all musicians and writers okay. and artists and my daughter so we didn't we didn't fit real well into the standard left brain school system yeah. Yeah. And, and that was really a better option not because they were so brilliant but of course that my children are brilliant but they weren't <laughs> doing well academically even in private school so bringing them home really was their best option to thrive. And, you know, now they're adults and they're, they're working their lives around their, their giftings. And, you know, it's, 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 it's gratifying as a mom, you know, to see that happening for them, living, living beautiful lives. And they brought me some wonderful grandchildren. Nice. Another hat to wear, right? (laughs) How old were your kids when you decided to homeschool them? When did you realize this wasn't working? Well, I was a single mom with two little boys and and they went to private school. Um, I worked really hard to put them in a a Christian school because our Mm -hmm. schools are not great in our state. I'll be honest. It's like Mm -hmm. usually at the bottom, you know, some years we say, thank God for Mississippi the only state worse than ours, but it wasn't, it wasn't a a good choice for us. And I I sacrificed, worked hard, painted houses. I mean, I just finished my master's and I ended up painting houses because that's what I could get the most money for at that time. Mm You do what you got to do, right? When you do. Yeah, you do. Then, yeah. Then when I remarried, um, we had two children also. My my second son is, nowadays he'd be labeled, you know, ADD, but, you know, it was very obvious <laughs> he, he was struggling in school because yeah. he's so distractible, oh, shiny. Yeah. I don't exactly. know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had to learn how to make it a superpower, right? That's exactly right. Instead yeah. of, you know, but in, in a school setting, they don't have, yeah. they don't have a, t- a space for children with different kinds of needs. And, you know, we brought him home. He begged, he begged me. And I decided, well, if I'm going to bring him, I bring your older brother who was like, what? my social kid was free out. Yeah. He could do school in two hours and be done. Ryan, on the other hand, a desk is just someplace you put the books. I think of Ferdinand the Bull. Remember that book? Mm-hmm. You know, he had flowers in his hair. He just <laughs> bothered. He's still my joy boy. I mean, he's 39 now and has his own little girl he's he's mm-hmm. raising with his wife. And she's an artist, interestingly enough. He's written some books and uh, they, they live a, a wonderful life in Germany. That's where my boys oh, ended up. Okay. Um, finding finding wives and places to you know produce their music yeah and uh, I have to go there to go see my grands (laughs) yeah yeah so that's another hat too a grandmother hat I love my grandmother Uh, hat (laughs) oh you don't look old enough to be a grandmother oh yeah I am (laughs) absolutely it's so much fun though oh my gosh that's the reward see for all your hard work raising children (laughs) yeah yeah um so what I'm wondering about the, how your art, like how you came to wear the hat of an artist. Were you an artist from a young age? Did you always love art? Did you come into it later in life or how did later in life, meaning like your twenties? Cause I know you said it's pretty much been who you are, but were you always, cause I, I have a, I have an older sister who is an artist and she is an artist in every way. Um, and she loved it from a very, very young age. She was, a, she loved to draw. She loved to color. She loved to paint me not so much so i'm interested in um how you came into that hat 
That's that's a great question because it wasn't something that I knew, you know, the first 10 years of my life. And and probably even a while after that, I was a very athletic child and my father was in the Marine Corps. So we moved and athletics was really important in the children. They, they based some some national programs uh, on uh, on us. So we got to kind of be their guinea pigs and they really I loved it. I loved working my body hard and I still I'm still an exercise girl. I'd rather do that than diet. But <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know the world of art, but my parents were really good. Everywhere we moved, they'd take us to the museums and galleries. And I got exposed to art. Well, when my father, we, we were in New Jersey, living in New Jersey, um, and our school got to go to the World's Fair in, in Manhattan. And the one of the exhibits was Michelangelo's Pietà. They had brought it from Rome, from the Vatican over the ocean to New York City. And I stood in front of that sculpture with my mouth opened, saying, how in the world could a human being do that out of, out of marble? Even at 10 years old, I knew that this was a masterpiece beyond compare, that you could see, see the veins in his hands, the holes. You could see um, the expression on Mary's face. And I really, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I didn't know really the spiritual significance, but it hit me spiritually in a way that I couldn't ex have any language for. Mm. The beauty of that piece created by, in, out of one piece of marble by a 26, 27 year old man. Matter of fact, when it was finished, there's a band across Mary's chest and Michelangelo heard people saying, there's no way that young man could have done this and it's the only piece of art he went back and he carved his name across that banner it's the only piece he signed but I, I don't think he surpassed it with the Sistine Chapel or any other of his masterpieces till the end of his life when he was carving these slave forms out of out of marble and left them undone with you to interpret but this was the opposite uh, this beauty of this marble it, it it ignited my artistic heart in a way that I've, I've never gotten over yeah, that cool. looking at beauty looking at art and and you know when I went to art school it was a really toss-up theater was my I was always directing plays in the backyard too mm-hmm it was really hard. So I went to a, a fine arts college where I could, I could do theater. I could do physical education and I could, I played soccer for the team college team and um, still be an art major. And I did well, had great drawing instructors. I'd had great, some great drawing teachers. And I, I learned how to draw. I, I wasn't naturally gifted, but when it got to painting, now this is the abstract expressionist era. I already told you, I love, you know, people. And I love, I love it to look like what it's supposed to look like. I love nature. And that was not okay with any of the, I had five different painting teachers all describe my paintings with four letter words. And it shut me down completely. And this has set me on a journey that I have a passion for now in my business because of that. It, it stifled my creative career for the next 20 years. I couldn't finish a painting. Wow. I kind of came into agreement that I'm a terrible artist. But so they sent me to three-dimensional. So I, I, I got my master's in ceramics and art history because I still love looking at art. And I traveled, yeah. married, military, traveled and looked at art all over and created. I couldn't finish a painting until I got a mentor, somebody that could teach me how to paint so that my skills could match my vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and and I could get healing for that right brain woundedness. And I've studied now about in, in neural arts what happens to the brain. We we are so rewarded with left brain thinking, and that's what I was talking about having to bring my children home to homeschool because they weren't thriving in that very rewarded left brain world. Yeah. yeah. And you know, realizing that this part of us. Like when you ask a room full of five-year-olds, do you like to draw, paint, color, dance, beat the drum, sing? You know, almost every single one will say, yes, they like to do something creative. Mm -hmm. But you ask a room of 15-year-olds that same question, maybe 10% say yes, while they're listening to Led Zeppelin on their earbuds, music from my generation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What happened in those 10 years is, is an educational disaster that squashed that sensitive, intuitive, imaginative right brain. And unless they had some special teachers along the way that nurtured the, mm-hmm. the creativity that is, is latent in every human being, it's there. It's in all of us. And, you know, I, I love to work with adults now. And I, I just see so many people just blossom under some, some tutoring as they discover this creative part of them, whether they ever thought of themselves as an artist or not. Um, they, they can find some way to express and nurture that creative right side. Because when you do that, the right brain and left brain start working together. Yeah. Creating all these neural pathways, which make you a better creative thinker, outside of the box thinker, problem solver, you know, and the left brain was really originally created to serve the, I mean, the left brain was created to serve the right brain because when you're in your right brain, you're not thinking about time. You're so focused on what you're doing. So it's really good for, for people with focus issues. It's good for brain fog or people really struggling with any kind of mental or emotional issues, getting in touch with their right brain, stirring that up, having the creative blossom inside of them. And it could be something as simple as looking at a beautiful sunset and just embracing that beauty that they're seeing it actually now scientists say releases serotonin and makes you happy. That's the happiness chemical. And it's um, a scientific fact that art is healing and and it's good for you. So that's kind of one of the main hats I'm working with now is is, besides trying to figure out how to market it, how, how to create programs and work with people to stir up their creative so that they can, they can find their great fulfillment. And especially for those of us at, at this stage in life, where we have finished raising our children, we have a little more time to really put into ourselves. Cause I don't know very many women um, that haven't just poured their lives out to their families, their husbands or families and whatever work they have done, they've, they've done, they've given it their all. That's just their natures. And now it's like, what can I do that can you really make these golden years, golden years for real? What part yeah. of myself needs expression and healing. And um, I love to see that happen over and over and over again it never gets you know, and i think so what's what's come going through my mind is i used to always i never considered myself creative until i reframed what creativity means because i was not gifted at drawing i didn't you know i i wasn't and so everything that my sister was good at i wasn't so i figured okay well she's creative she's artsy so i'm not because i'm not like that not realizing that creativity comes in so many different packages and it's just a a different way of thinking. And I love that you just mentioned watching a a sunset because I was just working on an article that I'm going to be giving out 
And I was talking about ways to quiet the mind. And one of them was taking a walk and noticing the pretty colors that the leaves are changing and, and just being present and being mindful. And I'm finding that I'm getting, I was an educator for 17 years and um, I was one that always wanted to give kids the option of whatever they want, however they wanted to show me what they learned, go for it. And I had a lot of them that definitely chose the artistic side. And even, even if it was through their writing, it was um, through drawing, it was through music, it was through videotaping a dance, it was through making a play. So I think people don't realize that creativity is woven through everything that we do, really. We just don't realize it. And I know I didn't. Well, here you are creating, creating your own podcast show. My goodness. I mean, that is highly creative. You're, you're taking, you're making something from nothing, which is basically what creativity is, however it manifests. Yeah. 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 But I think a lot don't realize that. And I know I didn't because I was so stuck in my left brain and thinking that it was only either left or right. There's no blending and there's so much is. So I love that you, I love that you brought that out. You know, my husband and I are ministers too, and we've we've spent a career working with people, helping them getting over things that happened in their childhood in one way or another, a lot of dra- trauma and abuse and things that, that just don't go away. You could stuff them, you can, you can hide them, put them in closets, but they don't go away. And here you are an adult and it's manifested maybe in some kind of addiction or it's breaking relationships up and, and being able to help people find the way to express their pain and bring it and let it loose and let go of these painful things and traumas and, you know, walking, like you said, walking, being mindful of the beauty around you is a way to get out outside of yourself. And, you know, what I try to create and what I learned from, from my experience of being so rejected by my art professors is I create a safe space, a safe space of no criticism no judgment because that's left brain. Hello. And our sensitive right brain does not thrive under criticism, judgment, pressure, stress. It's released through permission to be able to make mistakes, you know, get out from under the paralysis of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and performance and product. And so when I teach, teach drawing, you can't even look at your paper. At first, when we start learning to draw, it's, it's, you know, you're, you, you can't look at your paper because it can't be about the product. It's about eye-hand coordination. I didn't know my athletic upbringing was going to be able to help me be, be good at drawing, be good at, be, be good at portraits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you create this place and you can do it for yourself because we all have that right brain creativity in us where there's, you know, choosing no judgment, no criticism and no perfectionism. Give yourself permission to not be great at it. At first just like if you pick try to play the piano you had to learn how to where your fingers go before you could ever make a song I watched my sons you know learning to play their guitars and their drums you know it's it's a learning process and and there's a place to just enjoy the process itself and if you're writing you know having written now three books you you don't edit while you're writing guess which side of the brain editing is Mm -hmm. just get it out 
Yep. Just get that out. Get it Lay out, it out there. Editing can come later. later. Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah. spell check. But, you know, at first, just get it out, release it. And a lot of people journal because it's a kind of a safe space they create for writing. Yeah, it's beautiful to do that. And it's important to do that. And, you know, the, all those years where you're wearing all the hats of being a mother, working, being a wife, you know, all those things, you don't feel like you fit in there anywhere. But yeah. here's what I also found out through neuro, neuro, neurosurgery, I mean, neuro art, arts, is it 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day or 20, 15 to 20 minutes a day. It may be, you know, combining your exercise, just making a point of looking around, enjoying, like you said, the colors changing, um, but you're, you're releasing whatever is stressful laying on your shoulders, you know, as you just kind of throw it off, you know, as you're taking that walk, um, whatever distress, emotional distress or distractions, wounds, frustrations, just laying it all down, uh, self, self doubt, you know, all these things that hinder us and keep us from really thriving and and creating our best life, um, finding our purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm convinced that it can't happen without stirring up and, and really igniting that half of our brain that we've neglected, you know, even saying, I'm sorry, right brain. I'm going to, I'm going to let you have your voice because that's the place where imagination comes and intuition comes. That still small voice of God is there inside of us. And, and we hear it, hear it. Most of us don't hear the voice of God with our ears. There might be that little voice that just pops up. Guess Mm -hmm. what? side of the brain is coming to mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can practice listening you know i know people do yoga meditation all kinds of ways not just um christianity like like i i do but you can find that fulfillment because it is touching the heart of god and we moms we we women with our many hats we've got to take care of ourselves too just like they tell you on airplanes you know put the Put the air on yourself before you put it yes. on your children. Put it the mask on first. Yeah. It so goes so contrary to our nature. When I, when I was teaching in my studio and, you know, family came in, mother brought her children. I always gave place and offered for them to, to, to participate with us for free because they wouldn't pay for themselves, but they'd pay for their kids. I can't tell you how many moms I discovered. They're still my lifelong friends that Mm -hmm. discovered their own creative expression being released in them. And, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful to see when they didn't mean to have it be for them too, but it did (laughs) change their lives too. And that's, that's part of the joy I get to experience. Um, Because I love people. I I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm drawn to my generation. I'm a baby boomer <laughs> and yeah. we've got a life left in us. We, we poured ourselves out to, to our families and our jobs and our church. And now, now it's like, okay, what's now, what's next for us. And, you know, just like you starting as a grandma, you're starting this podcast. I'm so, I'm so blessed to know you, you know, that you are, you are making this choice to help others. And I wish you, you know, bless you with great success with it, that it, you know, really bring fulfillment for you and your family and for others that you touch through it. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's just part of, I stepped away from teaching after 17 years and started my own business uh, as an educational consultant and a neurotransformational coach. So wow. when you were talking about the coaching that you do, I, it, you know, it resonates with me because that's what I want to do as well what I am doing. Um, but the podcast was just a way of, I, I figured out my values. I did a values exercise and one of my values is connection. So I figured, okay, how am I going to connect to people? And I said, 
let me try a podcast and see how that works. But seriously, and now it's like, it's a major part. I mean, I'm really busy with it. So, um, but yeah, I understand. And I want to hear a little bit more about how you navigated through the hats of your business um, and still are navigating with the marketing and all that, because there are a lot of um, people listening that are going are entrepreneurs as well. And it's a lot, there's a lot going on. So how do you navigate and handle the juggling of those hats? Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. I I've paid for help. You know, I haven't done it alone. I, I just, when I was saying, okay, I don't have no thing about marketing. I don't know a thing about, about, um, sales. I know a little bit about online since I've been teaching online now for six years, I, I, which is hard with the, with the visual arts courses to do online. I learned how to do that. Uh, now just finding out all the other other things you have to learn, you know, is, you know, you have to create, a, you know, a book that a free giveaways and, you know, I'm used to giving away. It's harder. It's harder to get the nerve up to ask people to pay me. <laughs> That's been harder, you know, but it's, it's, I feel it's, you there. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it's, but it's got to happen because yeah. it, you know what you're, what you're doing is worth it. You're helping people. It's worth it. Uh, it's just getting, getting that to come out. And, and I had to, I had to pay for, for mentorship. I paid, um, I went to a company that taught me and helped me get my, mm-hmm. my website up, Karen, www.karendelochart.com. You can see some of my art there and get my free book, uh, which is art as self-therapy, wellness through creativity. You know, when I give five tips away of, of getting a healthier soul, which is what we're talking about, your mind, your will, and your emotions and yeah. getting them to work together and be, be healthy, be wholly healthy. And that this is, this is a piece that I get to bring to the table. Um, you know, I asked God one time, what's my, what's my superpower? And, and, and just clear as a bell kind of heard stirring up the creative in others. So, all right, well, how do you market that? You know, <laughs> what does that, what does that result look like for someone? And, you know, I, I work with people in, in 12 week segments and uh, they, they, they choose the schedule three to five times a week in 15 to 20 minute increments. And whatever their goal is, we start with getting what their goals are, what they're looking to have happen for their for their life and legacy, purpose, direction, you know, really being able to let go of traumas and uh, disappointments and uh, regrets and just embrace now. We don't have then. We don't even have to. We have now. Embrace now. And what what does that look like for you? What's what's stirring in your heart right now that you want to do and be that that you still have time for? Yeah. Yeah. Our lives are still rich just because our children are raised and our careers have peaked in one way or another. Maybe we're still working, but you know, this younger generation is coming up. AI is coming up and there's no way we're going to compete with AI with our left brain. They can do things with our left brains. We have not figured out how to do by ourselves, but with your right brain, you know, AI will never replace your soul. Well, never. I love that. Yeah. Never. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And and you're invaluable. You're absolutely uniquely invited. You know, people are, well, there's enough musicians. There's enough artists. There's never enough. No. There's plenty of room on our arts and entertainment mountain because we're so unique. You know, we got 10 different fingerprints on all of us. All seven and a half billion of us have 10 different. I mean, that's creativity. I mean, come on, that's creativity. There's room for all of us. There's something you bring no one else can bring. And so in those 
three to five times a week. It's really up to each of my clients how many times they see me. I I stir them up and and hold them accountable and set them on path with with any training or teaching, uh, mentoring and and what what works and what they're going to do and hold them accountable because then you can start creating a habit of feeding your right brain, feeding your own soul with life and joy and peace and beauty and uh, fulfillment and, you know, laying down perfectionism, laying down self-doubt, laying down all the stresses and cortisol issues that, that have got people so tied up in knots and release yourself to, to this creative walk. And, you know, people say all the time, I can't draw a stick figure. I can't draw a straight line. Well, you know what? If I need to draw a straight line, I use a ruler just like normal people. <laughs> but you know, there's nothing wrong with stick figures either. You know, it's what is your expectation? You know, and I, you know, I do have techniques because I had great teachers. I learned how to draw. I learned how to paint. And that's I can teach people to they want to learn to draw. I can teach them. I have books on it. If they want to learn to paint, I can teach them. I can do that really easily. But I also can stir up what is in them. You know, what is in you? What is it you want with this part of your life? You know, because we still are all wearing lots of hats, especially if we're still married. If now we have grandchildren, like you said, now you're wearing a fun hat, a fun grandchild hat. Um, and so the hats do change as the generations go by. Uh, and we women, we do have more connections. It's, it's you know, a neurological fact that when baby boys are in vitro, there's a lot of connections between left and right hemispheres that are disconnected. I mean, and they grow, they're growing all the time. We start out with more, but how many women have been stirring the pot, rocking the baby, you know, feeding the dog and, you know, you're just doing all of this at once, answering the phone, usually a phone. You know, I remember when it was a long cord and I could just get to the laundry room with my 25 foot cord, you know, that we exactly. needed knots, you know, <laughs> and not it. I remember very, very well <laughs> trying to get, trying to get privacy on that darn phone. How far can I reach? Can I get to the bathroom and <laughs> close the door? <laughs> I mean, you got privacy in the bathroom. That was good. <laughs> it was only one bathroom though. So that was a problem. <laughs> oh yeah. Somebody uh, always has to use it too, but yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I admit, I admire women. I, I admire the, the, the incredible hearts of women who love, you know, and give mm -hmm. to their families and give to their, their employers. They give, they give everything give they to everybody have. except themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to be able to be a component that says, you know what, it's time for me to invest some more in myself. And, you know, I've been doing that with, like you said, how are we doing this? I've found mentors with men with helping me with different aspects of, um, of uh, marketing, because like you probably found out, there's not one way to market. There's, there's oh my God, there's a plethora of, of marketing ways. And, yeah. and podcasts are new to me too. I've just started, you know, doing podcasts, but as teachers, we love to teach, don't we? We, we love to share what we've yeah. learned. And, and it's a way to connect with people that you wouldn't normally connect with. And I'm just learning with the people that I've met that I don't know. Cause I went through quite a few, you know, friends and whatnot um, when I first started, but the people that I haven't known, I've just found so much connection that we are all so much more similar than we are different from Absolutely. all around the world and different languages, you know, where there's, you know, someone's got an accent and it just is so cool to just meet different people and 
and I'm connecting on such a really neat level, um, spiritual level with people that just are like, most of them are like-minded. It's really interesting how, you know, the energy is given out and that's, you know, I'm pulling in the people that I'm meant to pull in to interview in this. So, um, are there any other hats that you're looking to try on or are you good at this time? Well, another hat I've been wearing because I have little German grandbabies is I've been taking German and, you know, ich spreche Deutsch. Uh, ich muss Deutsch praxis in Deutschland, wenn ich gehe in Dezember. So I'm going, planning oh, a trip. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've got a, another coach that I connected with in, the, in my marketing program. And we're, mm-hmm. doing, we're doing a workshop together in London. So on my way to Germany, mm-hmm. I'm going to London for a three-day workshop in December um, where we're going to combine some teaching and an art project. So we're going to have, we're going to do vision boards. We're going to talk about letting go of 23, oh, 22, 20, all this. And then, and then embracing purpose. And, and then, so right now I'm, I'm working on, you know, finding people that want to watch it online live while we're while we're doing it and mm-hmm. i'm going to bring my daughters-in-law from germany so i'll have my my deutsche daughters-in-law with me and uh, they'll get to be without their babies for a couple of weeks a couple of about five days <laughs> anyway nice, nice. get to be full-time dads uh-huh. and then we'll go to germany together and i'll get to be grandma wear that grandma hat so yeah we're you know that's that's another part of my day every day is learning german so it's like okay here's my german you know have my devotions with my husband now i'm putting on my german hat and now now i'm gonna go and i'm gonna find other podcasts to be on i'm gonna find out you know who else wants to you know stir up have their their creativity stirred up and you know other ways to you know be building a business you know check my group on facebook because i've got a big group on facebook on on facebook and um a a private group and i have a public you know business online that i feed and nurture every day and um and then there's linkedin you know learning how to do linkedin and everyone needs like another hat you know another 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 thing that we learn um and then oh then there's the pay systems and you know every one of these categories from finding people to talk to finding platforms to talk on finding mm-hmm. ways to get your message out there and then ways to connect with people and then have have free things that you can give them to nurture yeah. them and hopefully that'll inspire them to want to work with you more and you talk to them and bring them into your programs whether they're for one one or group and then yeah. and then uh a way to pay it's like it feels sometimes like an endless list <laughs> it is and i found this weekend i was exhausted because i just there's been so much that i've so much mental energy that i've been spending on my business but it's a, it's fun you know i'm enjoying every second of it and um even when i'm frustrated and tired i i still love it but yeah it's a, it's exhausting there's so much to do And when I get to the point where I can hire people, I absolutely will. Um, But I like, I like having a basic understanding of all of it so that um, I know what's supposed to happen. And if, when I hire someone, you know, I'll know if something's wrong, you know, something's not going right. So um, I have already written down um, your website. So I've got that. Um, is there any other place because I'll mention I'll put a link in the show notes so that people can click and get right to your your um website? But is there anything else you mentioned LinkedIn? You mentioned something Facebook? Yeah, can they, I have you on Karen Facebook? Deloach. Yeah, Karen Deloach. I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, I have Karen Deloach art 
at yahoo.com. KarenDelochArt.com is my website, www.KarenDelochArt.com. And then then my email is KarenDelochArt at gmail.com. So we're trying to have a little theme here. You know, these are also- I did the same thing. Make it consistent. Yeah, so people can find you. It's the same exact header. It's just at gmail.com or .com. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And then your Facebook, is that Karen Deloach Art as well? Or is that just Karen? Yeah, Deloach? yeah. Karen you can Deloach find me Karen Deloach or Karen Deloach Art. But you okay. know, do you find that you feel that you get done what you need to do every day or that you leave things on the table every day? I mean, is it hard to feel that way that you've, you've been, you've been um, lay down without the hat still on? <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I, I, I purposefully, um, and my Calendly, I have specific days for the podcast and specific days for client coaching. Um, so that I know, okay, on Tuesday, I only have podcasts so I can just focus on that and in between work on whatever I need to work on. Like the, right before you, I had a podcast, the person didn't show. So I was able to get into the, um, the article that I'm writing and work on that. So I just know, I have an idea of what I need to do and I just kind of plug in where I can. I'm trying to get better at scheduling myself where I know between this time and this time, this is what I'm going to work on. That's a struggle. Yeah, exactly. What you're showing me for the listener, she's showing me her, her, her scheduler. Yeah, <laughs> that's, and I did that as a teacher. So I should know to do that. Um, but you, you know, still get to leave the kids at home. I mean, you leave the kids yeah. at school when you have, you know, a certain Yeah, I time. did that for 17 years. You think I would know time management better, but this is just so <laughs> new. So, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a constant, um, balancing act and being a, I'm myself, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, you know, and an entrepreneur. Um, so. And grandmother. And grandmother. Yeah. yeah. And writer. <laughs> yeah. All the hats. <laughs> Yeah, they just All lots hands. of them. That's right, and you know, yeah. and you, you, you know, and I, I, I schedule my exercise time every day. It's, it's as important to me as, is my devotions or anything else that I'm doing and practicing my German. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get to go use it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's another hat in my life. And you know, do you, you know, it's important to, to lay it down early enough that you can sleep because sleep is really, really important. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It's, you know, I've only stepped away from it. I, my, this was my last school year. So June was really when I kicked in with the business. So it's only been a few months. Um, so it's, I'm learning, you know, as I go, how to balance better. And, um, because I could always be doing something. I could have my computer open 24 seven and working on something, but um, that's not helping me and it's not good for me. It's not good for my relationship with my husband. So I'm definitely learning that balance and um, balance and boundaries. You know, that you yeah. can't let your business take over your life. I, I I give my my cell phone number to my students because I can't help it. That's my little grandson. Yeah. Oh, so I I, I, <laughs> I make them send me selfies because even though they're online, I like to put a face with the name. I'm a visual artist and, and they can connect me. I, I like to feel connected more than email can do. And people think I'm crazy. I just delete them after the semester's over, but I, I like them to be able to get a hold of me if they have a need. And, you know, that I appreciate that kind of mentoring too, that um, when I work with my students or, or, or clients that they, they can reach me, they can, they can get these answers. Sure. That yeah, you want to be there to support. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And balance, you know, you're talking about, and that's what we're talking about with the left brain, right brain. And, you know, recognizing how we've developed and nurtured and been paid for our left brain. And yet you as a teacher learned how to connect then and incorporate the creative in with your students. You know, I'm sure you were a fantastic teacher, especially since you allowed your creative students to do that. That was more work for you. It's much easier if I didn't have my students having to do hands-on assignments that I have to check and grade every single one of those. The computer can't just say, yes, yes, no, no, right, right, you know, right. Yeah, and mm -hmm. ding, it's done. Yeah. That'd be easy, but you uh -huh. didn't choose the easy way. You chose the challenging, more creative. What's best for them? Yeah. How beneficial for your students. Yeah. yeah. I congratulate you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So any last words that you'd like to, anything else on your mind that you want to leave with? You know, the other thing is understand what hats aren't yours to mm -hmm. wear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we women will pick up hats that aren't ours. We we have to lay our children, once they're grown and go, we like, take those hats off, you know, put them in the arms of God, whatever works for you, letting them go because you did your job, you know, for decades. And now it's time for you to find out what's next for you. And, you know, parenting is creative, <laughs> it is creative, but it's time, you know, for, for taking that hat off. And it's a good hat to take off, even as you continue to have a relationship with your children, but they're not your job anymore. They're, they're, yeah. You don't have to wear that hat anymore and let it be a job well done. Tunk. I'm done with that job. Now I can, you know, put, move forward. What's next on my heart to do. I love that. That's a great, that's a great place to leave it. So thank you very much for taking the time and hanging out with me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. You're very, it was very, very nice to meet you. And for the listener, <laughs> thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the hats we wear.